You're listening to the City World Radio Network. High-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com Welcome to those who are new. Uh, we have a very exciting night tonight. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled for my guest, Laura Gump, a, a true morph mom with a true morph mom story, inspirational, and really will leave you thinking when you when you hear how she went about what she did, how she accomplished how much she did, and the steps that she took to get there. And again, it's a big honor to have her tonight, and I'm very grateful. I want to introduce my co-host, Lisa Janini, who those of you who have listened before know Lisa Janini. Um, but before we get going, I just want to do a quick introduction for those of you, again, who are new to Morph Mom and so you know what you're getting yourself into tonight. Uh, my name is Kathleen Smith. I founded Morph Mom about six years ago, and it's M-O-R-P-H Mom, MorphMom.com. And you can go to the site to learn more about it. Um, basically, I'd been a prosecutor. I'd stopped for 14 years, had my kids, thought I'd go back. They thought otherwise. I had no idea what I was going to do. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I decided to start a website. I could barely email, and I thought, all right, I can do this. Start a website, and I traveled the country, and I'd find people's stories. I would interview them. I'd get the steps that they took, the steps that worked, more importantly sometimes, the steps that didn't work, how they went about doing what they were doing. And it was twofold. They could promote what they were doing, but at the same time, they could pay it forward to others out there looking to be inspired, looking to connect, looking to be motivated. So one thing led to another, and one friend called another friend, and it, went, it was a really and has continued to be an amazing experience. We have over a 1,000 interviews from all over the country. And, again, you can find those on the website on morphom.com. And as a matter of fact, Laura, who you'll be hearing from very shortly, was one of my very first Morphom interviews. So her interview is actually up on Morphom. Um, so what we found, though, was that was great that we were doing these interviews, but there was still more. Something was missing every time. So what we started to do were cocktail parties in the different cities that we would go to. Many times we'd sit at a game. I, I would interview a woman, and I'd say, oh, I have to run. I'm going to go to your neighbor's house. And she'd say, well, why? i said, well, because she has this amazing business. And she'd say, no, she doesn't. That's silly. I sit with her on the soccer field every day, and I would know about it. 
So we started to realize, like, you don't know about it because when you're with your kids or life goes on, you're never talking about yourself. You're, you know what everybody else is doing, but you never have that opportunity to promote what you're doing. And it's not a boastful thing. It's promoting what you're doing, but really helping other people. So we started to do cocktail parties in the different cities, and they were great, and people were meeting each other. But again, things were missing. So we started classes because people said, I've been to this, but I need a little bit more. I need, I need someone to take me through a few more steps. So the classes were great. And then we started to write for Huffington Post, sharing stories. We have a column up on Huffington Post. And now we have the radio show, which is a live radio show every Thursday night. And it's just amazing. It's just a great, more great opportunities to talk about and to share stories about women doing things, again, promoting themselves and paying it forward to help others out there. And one last thing for those of you who are interested and live near New Jersey, on April 23rd, we're going to do another Morph Mom conference. Uh, you, again, can find that out on the website on morphmom.com, April 23rd from 10 to 2.30. And basically, you'll hear more stories from women telling what they did, how they did it, and again, like I said, sometimes more importantly, what didn't work for them. So you don't feel so lonely in this endeavor. Because if one thing I've learned, you're never alone. There's always somebody out there going through something very similar to what you're going through. And the best way to go through that is to connect with them. So hopefully that's what we can do for you. So enough about me and Morph Mom, as you're all saying out there. And without further ado, let me introduce my amazing guest this evening, Laura Gump. Welcome. Hi. Happy to be here. Thrilled that you're here. And again, my co-host, Lisa Janini, as well. Um, now, I'm going to have Laura do a much better introduction of what it is she does. But basically, Laura is the founder and CEO of two unbelievable companies that not only are just ingenious that she came up with this idea, but both seem to help every age. <laughs> what she's come up with helps kids, parents alike. So I'm, I'm actually thrilled to talk about Laura's journey tonight and what she's doing. And I think it really is inspirational to many people out there. So let us begin, Laura. Explain what it is you do currently. Okay. Um, thanks, Kathleen. So I, I, as you said, I have two businesses. One is um, a lacrosse camp and clinic business. It's a not-for-profit that specializes in teaching beginner lacrosse players in K through 8th grade, girls and boys, how to be more self-confident through the sport. Um, so that's one business, and that's located here in our area in Summit, New Jersey, and the surrounding towns. The second, um, which grew out of the first, is a company called Swag Slacks, which started from an idea I had to develop a safer, uh, softer, less intimidating lacrosse training ball that would help kids learn the sport um, with more confidence and less fear. And that's, um, that's really taken off. So exciting. Now, obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about that today, but I want to step back a little bit and kind of go, go through the journey you took to get here. Was this something you ever dreamed you'd be doing, creating these businesses? And, and what was it you thought you would do many, many years ago and, and how that happened and how that transpired? Um, so it's funny you ask that because I've often thought how my resume must look to people because there's the only thing in it that indicates that I had an interest in lacrosse was you know, that I played lacrosse in high school and college, but I had totally different interests in college. I went on to grad school, um, studied health policy, um, wanted to take on health care reform, that small little problem that some of us <laughs> are still wrestling with. Um, yeah, I 
lacrosse was just this little passion I had, always in the background. I played, um, as I said, in, in high school and college. And when we lived in England for a couple years, it was kind of a way for me. I joined the West London Lacrosse Club. We went over there for my husband's job. And it was just my way to keep my hand in things and meet new people. And little did I know that that would be the theme of my life, that lacrosse would come back. And um, part of that was because I, when we lived in England, my master's degree in health policy was not something that English people were really anxious <laughs> to learn about. They were like, oh, how can we mimic the U.S. lacrosse, the U.S. healthcare system? So um, when I came home from um, living in London for six years, I had my kids there. Um, and moved back in my early mid-30s, um, I really was faced with the question of what what do I do now? And I realized that health policy was something I lost a little interest in and really hadn't been involved in for about six years. Um, but the one thing that I still really cared about and loved about was lacrosse. So I just started coaching at the youth level here in town. We have a nice, very active um, lacrosse uh rec program and I just coached for them and one of the things I noticed was already there was so much emphasis on elite lacrosse elite everything I mean all my my kids were like getting cut from this team because they weren't you know playing at the elite level and they had to try out for this you know lacrosse team in fourth grade and fifth grade and it was just making me sad because lacrosse and any sport you shouldn't have to choose what sport you're going to love and um, specialize in at fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. It should really be a natural process, and kids should be allowed to just play for the fun of it and then decide once their hand-eye coordination kicks in, once they you know realize who else is playing and where their friends are, is if that's really something they want to spend nine months a year playing. So um, I decided I wanted to try um, to create a lacrosse company that was devoted to the beginner. That if you if you can imagine um, any sport, but in I was thinking of lacrosse as a pyramid where there's all these, at the base of the pyramid, you've got all these young players and new players, and there's tons of them, all these kids that are little, they're just getting their first stick, and they're trying to um, figure out how to scoop the ball up. And then at the top of the pyramid is your, you know, high school recruit that's off to play, you know, D1 at Princeton. There was this emphasis on skimming, you know, shaving off that bottom base of the pyramid at such an early age. And I decided that is a is the market I wanted to focus on. So that's why I decided to found Summit Up Lacrosse, which is a company that really just is all about making the sport fun and accessible and trying not to kill the joy of a kindergartner's first experience by drilling them in the, in the hot sun. <laughs> you know, you just want them to go home and get in the car with their mom that first day and say, that was the best thing I ever did. And I got player of the day and, you know, I want to come back next week. So that was kind of how that my resume, such as it is, led me into the lacrosse world. I wish that existed across the board in everything. I mean, from, and not just sports, you name it, theater, sports. This is what kids need now, rather than this, like, how about some encouragement and some, it's, it, and it's okay if you're not great. Honesty. Yeah. There, there's a way to be honest 
and kind at the same time and, and a way to accept that kindness and accept that honesty because that will carry you through life. And, and that's what we're missing. We don't even know who the good athletes right. are. I mean, it's really, you know, at the lower grade levels, if, you know, if you're like a kid that just decides, you're the ball, I'm going to go run and get it. <laughs> like, you're the best kid on the team. You know, like, who knows if that kid is going to be a swimmer? Like, we don't know anything, but the idea that those parents have to make the decision, oh, my gosh, now there's going to be cuts. She should really have a tutor in lacrosse, you know, and work on her skills so that she doesn't get cut for the second grade team. That just kills me. And you're you're not giving them a chance. You're literally, like, stripping them of the confidence that they should have at that age and the enjoyment. Yeah. I think without this, something like this, at least in my experience, I think. And I used to play lacrosse as well, and it wasn't like this back then, but no sports were like this back then. I'm a dinosaur, so back then it was a lot different. But, you know, and all of us sitting here have kids, and Lisa and the three of us, all the girls and boys, who've gone through this in different situations. But to give them an opportunity, like we said, to enjoy something without the pressure of you're going to make it, you're not going to make it, and to focus on that for a change, that's what you need to start building at that age, not... You know, my, I, learning to be stand out at that age because otherwise you're going to be gone and never have an opportunity to get there. Right. And you can't even blame them sometimes because it's all this external pressure. And I think I'm so grateful for you doing that, just like giving these kids the opportunity to um, to start off with confidence and just join it as opposed to fear and, you know, this this. And this sense that you're being judged yeah. and, you know, graded on your performance when it should just be just the sheer joy of running around with a stick in your hand or a baseball bat or, yeah. you know, the swimming pool. You should just at that, at, you know, those kindergarten through, honestly, I believe it's up to like fifth or sixth grade. You should not have to freak out that you're going to get cut from a team. And um, and we love, at Sum It Up, we love the middle school player who says, is it too late? My, you know, it, I, actually, to, to backtrack, the number one question that I get asked, and my, as I said, my camps are for K through eighth graders, come from kindergarten parents who call and ask me, my daughter wants to try lacrosse, or my son wants to try lacrosse, is it too late? And oh these are kindergartners. I'm like, yeah, the preschool league is really taking off, and you're gonna, your spot is gone. So, I mean, it just kills me. And so the idea of when a middle schooler comes to us and says, we want to play, you know, I want to try it. You know, I, I tried soccer, and I didn't love it. Is it too late? And I think back to my high school days. I didn't learn when until I was a junior in high school. And granted, I wasn't the greatest lacrosse player of all time, and that is late these days, but I still – loved it it's a passion of mine it's how I met some of my best friends and the idea that that door should shut when you're in sixth or seventh or eighth grade because you didn't have your opportunity um to even try it yeah so so now when you came up with this idea it was probably what 12 yeah it was 12 years ago years ago I remember when that yeah coming back um what made you? Oh, but how did you go about actually setting it up? You decided you said it's a nonprofit. So you yeah, set it up as a nonprofit. I set it up as a not-for-profit really because I also was aware of the idea, um, the fact that lacrosse is really seen as an elite, a, a sport for the affluent, you know, white primarily community, 
and that there were kids that would, and family, parents that would feel like, you know, is it, is this even a sport that I want my kid to try? So I really wanted to make sure the doors were wide open, that there was financial assistance available. There's no paperwork. You say your daughter wants to play. You say your son wants to play. We're all in for you. Just come. So it would be 100% free for anybody who wanted to play. We had the equipment for them. Um, and I started with just one little camp that I ran at a local school in town, and I had 21 kids, and um, – it was so little, you know, it was so fun. We had um, T-shirts, and everyone ended up getting player of the day, which was a sticker that you got before the before the end of the week. Everyone was player of the day. <laughs> and that turned out to be a huge theme of our company that has lasted to this day. You, you do not come to Summit Up Lacrosse 12 years later and not make it to player of the day one day or one clinic session. So, there's something you did that makes you shine, that makes your – and it's recognized by the coaches. The coaches are the ones that um, award that at the end of the session. And um, so, yeah, that, that first summer I think I made like $10,000 and, you know, it was so tiny. And, yeah, this last year I just called my um, finance director before coming over here tonight because I wasn't sure what our final numbers were for 2017. And, you know, the last couple of years we've been making over a quarter million of dollars and have a thousand kids a year go through boys and girls that's wonderful so it just it just started out you know it's it's a program that definitely is priced similarly to other lacrosse programs because they still have to pay all those same costs i have to pay for insurance liability insurance i pay pay my staff really well which means i have the most loyal staff in the world (laughs) i have high school and college boys and girls that, like, contact me January 2nd asking for jobs for the summer. Um, but that's important to me that they feel recognized for their talents and that they're they're great players, but they're also great teachers. And, uh, yeah, so that's been – that's just been a joy, uh, running that – the camp, the camp, the clinics. And did you start off using – kids that you knew in town when you I just literally went to my friend and said would you would you send your kid to my camp (laughs) and yeah my 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 email list was literally my friends and they (laughs) they were very kind and they sent me their kids and uh, Kathleen was one of them she she sent her daughter and um it just it you know the camp business is a word of mouth business so if you do a great job you don't have to spend a lot of money, even to this day, um, in advertising. It really, those kids come just because their parents are sitting on the sideline or at the pool or whatever, and they say, you know, so Molly wants to try lacrosse. Oh, you should try this program. If you're really just trying it for the first time, this is a great place to start. And, that, and that's what I wanted it to be. And you were well connected within the Summit community, but how? what did you do to expand to other communities in New Jersey? We, I, I would just find that one friend I had in Westfield or Chatham and just say, <laughs> do you have any friends? You know, could you send your daughter and could she bring five friends? In the beginning, for the first five years, it was all girls. Because even though I had boys, girls were my comfort zone. I understand how girls feel. Um because I was a girl and still am, <laughs> and, and I just got girls, and um, so it was girls in the beginning, and it really wasn't until five years later that my son, Justin, who was a senior in high school at the time, was like, Mom, you know, 
you have boys. <laughs> well, I've, he and his older brother. It's like, why? Why do, does your model only work for girls? And I and I said, I, honestly, I don't even know what I would say to boys. They seem loud. They don't <laughs> listen. They never sit still. Like, how would it work? And he was like, Well, I'll try it. I'll, let me run a clinic for you. And he did. He did an awesome job. And um. And then, you know, after he went to college, I hired a, a serious professional director, this guy, Kevin Meany, who is a rock star of a coach from Morristown Barrett. And he um, he set up the boys' side of the business, and that has grown at a hugely, really rapid pace. So, so now it's almost as big as the girls' side of the business. So he developed that by word of mouth also. Yeah, it was word of mouth. Back in the day, it was a lot of posters and postcards and going yeah. to the local sporting goods stores. But now we, um, yeah, yeah, that really is what how you grow, it's how you advertise, it's how you market. When you said you you started this in the beginning, and so I can't believe, by the way, and my kids did participate. So actually, I can believe how successful it's become. It's just it's amazing what you've accomplished in that amount of time. Is there one story, and I'm, there probably there are probably a million, but like one kid or one example of something when you were doing this that you're sort of like, and this is why I do it. And I'm sure there are a million examples yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah. No, no, there was one that really stands out for me because I didn't realize the impact I had, but there was one girl in town, um, and you guys do know her, I think, and you know her mom, and um, it, she, she ended up playing um, – beautiful, beautiful game of lacrosse. She ended up going to um, a local school, Oak Knoll, and then went on to Bucknell to play. And it wasn't until her mom said to me, like, she was already there, and said, um, you know, Laura, I don't think I ever told you, but you you must have, you said something to my daughter about how I had, that she, all she had to do was practice, because I saw in her, um, the, the the seeds of an amazing player. And it I was embarrassed. I didn't say this to the mom, but I, I had no memory of that. Because I must I think I'd say that a lot. Whether or not I see it, I just say it to the girls and I say it to the parents if they've asked. Because that alone is enough to to plant the seed. Well this mom told me her daughter went home and she practiced every night against the rebounder. Right hand, left hand, got really good. She never stopped, and she ended up playing at the highest level. And it just makes it, it – it showed me the power of positive coaching and that it really – an offhand remark that a coach makes as she's, you know, going off to get a glass of water or fill her water bottle, that makes a huge difference in the trajectory of one player's, you know – and I guess and that could yeah. go either way, which is so that's yeah. why it's so important to know that. Like so at the same time a flippant remark that may never have even meant to have done anything could also impact someone. Yeah. So the power of words with these kids who just need some encouragement. Right. And not even saying like you're great at this, but just you're great because you're out here trying. Well, it's funny you say like so I have a memory of my college coach saying something to me. And when I think back I'm like, What did she even mean? But what she said to me was Laura, of all the girls on the team, you are the fastest player from a dead stop <laughs> to to a sprint. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> what the heck does that even mean? Like, and what is that doing across? Like, I just like I'm 53, 
And I remember that comment. It drove me forward. I'm like, of everyone on this team, I am the fastest person from a 10 stop to a 10-yard sprint. And I what is you know, that's like nothing. But that's not like you scored the most, most goals, you have the fastest shot, you're the best on defense. It just is a, that made me think like, oh, you really don't have to say anything that even makes sense. <laughs> and and a player's gonna be like, ah, oh, that's me. That's my thing. So um, again, I know you just told us an example too about the the girl who got hundred bucks. Now, yeah. how about if there is one, even at the younger age? So you said now you've got the yeah. kindergarten kids coming in, and. How the parents were like, is it full? I don't know. Is there anything in the experience with that that sort of resonated with you? Yeah, I mean, that that really is very, very common that you'll hear from a kindergarten mom that, you know, how much she just had a daughter just lit up because she was player of the day and she went home and she told her mom and then her mom posted on Facebook and the grandparents called and now she wants a new stick and, you know, like you're... You're on your way. Like, it, it just, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> and now she's Thanks got a lot. Thing. And she wants to be a bully, and there's a lot of pads with that. But it just shows you that um, they, they, they're they hungry. Kids are hungry for that positive reinforcement. And there's so much negative messaging coming down the pike. And every, every time they try something new that you, you know, and our camp, like, lacrosse is a big piece of it, but we have talent shows. We do, like, you know, fun little team-building pro- team exercises where they there's, an you know, an egg drop where they have to build some contraption that's going to keep the egg safe or um, all kinds of nutty stuff that has nothing to do with lacrosse. But the idea is you don't want a kid to come home from a hot day of, you know, 98-degree temperatures and from, you know, a six-hour camp and say, I'm never doing that again. You know, we have sprinkler at the end. We have popsicles. You have to make it fun. If it's not fun, they're going to quit. And if you believe in the sport that, you, that you're that you passionate about, why would you ever want that? You know, why would you send kids home having a bad experience? So I have one piece of constructive criticism. I want to know why it's not available to adults. <laughs> I so could use a player of the day bag. Yes. <laughs> graduate college and she was one of the first I think she was the first I year was. and I was going through her stuff like you know get it together like making so because she has her player the day that it's so I changed everything and and my kids were not star kids superstar athletes but they loved to be out there and you gave them that and I think it's incredibly important to you that if you carry down the road Laura not only gives you that that immediate sense it's okay I'm here for whatever 
But it does give you a sense, Karen, through like, it's okay that I'm not the best out here. I like this. And I'm good. Like, and I think that, to your credit, I don't know if you've even realized the extent of what you, you've given to these kids. That seed has grown well into their 20s and 30s and 40s. It's something they take with them. That's very cool. And I don't think you get that a lot. So, again, I think I, myself as a parent, and many are grateful that you had that intuitive thing to give these kids that, something that I think is very lacking today. Thank you. That's really nice to hear. It, it is, I, I love walking into somebody's house and seeing somebody's player of the day sticker on the fridge or, you know, oh, she keeps them, but, you know, my daughter would babysit for those kids later and she'd be like, oh, mom, in her room, like right by all, you know, the parents, the pictures of her grandparents and her sisters and brothers are all her player of the day stickers. So it just, it's such a simple thing, but it is meaningful and it just means that, and you might get player of the day not because you had the fastest shot. It could be because you said something really wonderful to a teammate and you helped a coach clean up, you know, after everybody left and it was super hot out, but you still stayed. So you're teaching, you know, those kinds of lessons that, and you're reinforcing those kinds of things that are powerful off the field. They're going to carry, they're going to carry with you. Now, and Lisa was bringing this up before about, for those, everyone out there listening, I know you're all now inspired to get out there and go do whatever it is you were thinking you would do, <laughs> following your passion, following yeah. your passion right. that you can make an impact. And one of the things that, and Lisa is on my Morph Mom team, and we come across this with a lot of people, and they say, where do we begin? Like, I, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know where to start. And Laura is the perfect example of how you take that passion and can create something with it or do, like, Turn that into something. It doesn't always have to be a profitable thing. It doesn't always have to be just whatever it is. It's following through with that. So, and Lisa started talking about this with the marketing and how you got it out there. If there are those out there listening and inspired, how did you go about? Like, did you do a website? Did you do an LLC? Like, what were sort of steps you right, did to do? Right. That? One of the first things I did because it was just a, a like a an amorphous kind of idea, more than a business plan. I just made a point of talking about it to people wherever I was. So if it was a cocktail party or if I was on the sideline in my blue chair watching my son's soccer game, I would just start talking about my idea. Not I would try not to be obnoxious and bring it up first, but if somebody said, well, what, are you, what are you working on or what are you doing? I'd be like, I actually have this idea. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. And then I'd start to talk it through. And the process of verbalizing an idea especially an idea for a business, is very powerful because it means, number one, you can't bore the person to death. Like, you have to be <laughs> succinct. They didn't really ask for all this. They were just trying to be blank. <laughs> and, and then they may ask a question like, well, have you ever been in business before? And you're like, no, my background is in health policy. I was a teacher before that. But so you just, just, Keep talking about it, and it helps you crystallize what it is you want to do. And then by virtue of putting it out there, you've got this sounding board, and you're going to just get – and then nine times out of ten, someone's going to say, oh, my gosh, you should talk to my friend. She did something similar for soccer. Or my friend is a lawyer, and she could help you incorporate as a not-for-profit. Or did you ever think about – um, maybe at the time I wasn't even thinking about being a not-for-profit. Maybe they were like, you know, it sounds like what you're concerned about is access. 
um, for all players, all families, maybe you should consider a not-for-profit. So I think the first thing to do is start talking about it no matter how cockamamie your idea may seem to you. Just hearing your friends, and start with your friends, but then you can do strangers, it, it helps you develop a plan, which and I'll confess I never actually had a business plan for Sum It Up, um, but if I did, it would have <laughs> really been helpful to have heard all these different people's ideas. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think you find how generous people will be, because, you know, I don't know, maybe it was our, like, growing up, it was like, oh, trade secrets, no one's going to help. And now I believe, and I think, Lisa, you've seen this, too, with all these morph moms we've come across, people are so, they're dying to help you. They yeah. want, they want yeah. you to succeed. They become so invested in what you're doing, they want it to happen. And I think that's so refreshing, too. That's very true. That's very true. Whether they're dads or moms yeah. or, I was always very intimidated by moms who never stopped working. They always seem to have it all together, and their nannies made, like, really nice snacks. And, <laughs> like, they always knew where the field was that they were supposed to be at. And I was like, wow, you got it all going on, and you work in, you know, Wall Street. And they were also, like, really helpful about, like, oh, you, you should call this friend of mine because they've started, you know, a similar program or – it didn't go well. Maybe you should talk to this person and right. find out what the pitfalls were. But um, yeah, that's that is one thing I, I would stress because I I don't know if I said this earlier on, but I took time off to have my kids, and I and as I said, I switched gears. And at 35, I was ready to re-enter the workforce in something totally different. And those moms kind of scared me, but you don't have to be afraid of them because a lot of times they've got great contacts. Great advice to offer. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. So we've talked a lot, and I, by the way, I could go on forever about some of lacrosse because I really do believe what it instilled. As I said, I've seen it in my own daughter, and twelve years later, it's she has that. It's okay that she's not the number one super superstar. I mean, she's got this confidence that's sort of like it's enough. It's, it's okay. Yeah, and that's just what you want to see in kids. You want them to have that. So I am forever grateful, but. Not only did Laura take it that far, then we come to Snack Slack. So now continue your journey. How do we go from Summit Up Lacrosse, a nonprofit that is doing so incredibly well and inspiring thousands of kids? What happened and how did Snack Slack come to be? So that takes us to my aha moment where I was out in the backyard with my youngest daughter who was in fourth grade at the time probably not destined for a D1 lacrosse scholarship, but we were in the backyard throwing across the lacrosse ball, and I threw a pass to her. I was trying to teach her how to, how to catch, and it wasn't a great pass, but she didn't move her stick, and it just wonked her right in the head. She burst into tears and threw her stick down and said, I hate this sport. I never want to play. I don't know why you guys like it. Her brothers had played. Her father coaches it. I coach it. And she was like, I'm done. And it reminded me that there are kids that have, it just, it doesn't take like a full season of bad experiences. It can be one bad experience. In the swimming pool, you no one's watching you when you take your first dive and you don't come up or whatever. It, it, it's a 
it, kids have very long, deep memories of bad first experiences. And Molly Gump was done with her career on the crush. And I thought, you know, it's really sad because she never knew all the things that I got out of the sport, even if she didn't grow, you know, as you were saying about your kids, maybe they didn't go on and play in college, but they she didn't even make it to middle school. Um, and I thought that what, what, can I do to make the sport less intimidating? Why does it have to hurt when you get, <laughs> when you get hit with a, with a ball? And so I started teaching with bean bags and hacky sacks so kids would get over the fear factor in my own clinics and camps. And but bean bags and hacky sacks are not round. They're not the same weight as a lacrosse ball. And one thing about lacrosse is the ball really, for training, you want to have that feeling of the exact weight of a lacrosse ball in your stick. So I started looking for round bean bags on the internet and there was no such thing, but I stumbled onto a juggle ball website and lo and behold, I did not know this because I knew no jugglers at the time, but jugglers are very particular about their balls and they have to be, and pardon me, but there are so many double on <laughs> about my business because we're going to I haven't even gotten to dicks yet, but there's, there's going to be much talk of balls and dicks uh, coming up. So just pour yourself another yourself. glass of wine. I love internet radio. Yeah. So anyways, um, I found out that jugglers really need balls that are properly weighted. They're perfectly round, and they care a lot about their balls. So I found the owner of a juggle ball website who had never heard of lacrosse. He was in Oregon. He turned out to be, um, little did I know at the time, he was the footbag. He's in the footbag hall of fame. He's a real, and he makes his own juggle balls footbags. Those, those are hacky sacks, by the way, for the uninitiated. So um, he said, I have never heard of lacrosse, but if you're asking me to make a ball of a particular circumference and weight just google it find out what a lacrosse ball weighs find out what the circumference is i know i can make it so i did he made them for me um and i started using them at my own camp and so these are balls just so that if you've never seen them they're they're now called swat slack balls but at the time they were just juggle balls that were they're hand sewn um they look like a baby soccer ball um, and they are the exact circumference and weight of a real lacrosse ball, but a lot softer. And they don't they don't roll away because they're quilted, and they don't hurt when you get hit with them. <laughs> so bingo, I was onto something, and I thought, my own camps and clinics, this is going to be great. And after a couple weeks, enough coaches and parents said to me, oh, those are really cool. Where do I get those balls? And I was like, oh, no, you can't buy those. Those are just... I just had them made for my camp. And um, they were like, oh, that's too bad because my daughter's not afraid of the ball now and she's easier to scoop up. It doesn't roll as fast. And, um, you know, it's it's a great idea. So later that year, and I just, I didn't really give it a lot of thought. And then um, the real turning point for me was in November of that year, this is 2015, a... Um, my homebound grandmother, who was 96 at the time, I had given her uh, a um, an iPad, and she's not very good with her iPad because she doesn't have enough circulation in her fingers. We had to make sure she had a stylus, 
but she, I taught her how to use it, and we both started watching um, the show Parenthood together, which I happen to know has 78 episodes. And we started <laughs> watching it together in the month of November, and this is a woman who could not get up out of her chair, and I crushed her. Like, I watched all 78 episodes in one month, and she was, like, still on season two. And I was like, you know what? It was like this aha moment. I'm like, you know what? I have a lot more time on my hands than I thought. Like, Sum It Up is going well, but really, this is a, I had this idea for a product. I thought it would be just good for my cancer clinics, but, you know, you lapped granny on <laughs> parenthood, and it's time for you to, like, step up. And, and so I incorporated um, as an LLC sole proprietor LLC, I filed a patent um, as a co-inventor along with the juggle ball guy from, um, oh, so from Oregon here. Yeah. yeah. And great. so we were co-inventors, and we filed this patent, and then I launched the business in January of that year, so that's 2016, and we have, yeah, so the business, it after that, um, we launched it at the U.S. Lacrosse Convention, which is the one big annual gathering of all the lacrosse in the country. Um, and we sold, we sold out. We, we, I made 800 for the convention, actually 2,000, and we sold out in one like two day convention. And I knew I had they all, all the coaches understood immediately that there was no lacrosse ball in the market. That was exactly the right dimension. That didn't roll away. It was there was something like a tennis ball that you could do, but th- that just bounced right out of your stick, and it made kids very frustrated because they would be doing everything right as far as their technique goes, but the ball would just bounce out anyway. Um, and then there was a very and then real lacrosse balls you couldn't use indoors during the cold weather months because they would mark up the gym floor, and the athletic directors didn't let those kids didn't let their lacrosse teams in there. So, yeah, we sold 2,000 in one weekend. And I thought, okay, we got something here. Um, so that was kind of the start of Swag Side. And oh, go on. So did you, when you have this idea and you realize you wanted to devote yourself to it, you had the time, you contacted first your partner in Oregon and you said, let's file a patent. I knew that I couldn't. There were people, very unscrupulous people, who advised me, like, oh, he knows nothing about lacrosse. He'll never know. Just put yourself down as the sole inventor. I'm like, no. I had an idea, but there's – he made it. So we came up – he was the co-inventor. But what quickly I realized was he knew nothing about lacrosse, as he said, and I knew that I had something – so I offered to buy him out. So for the first three years of the business, I sent him a check every month um, and paid, basically, you know, made an agreement with him to buy out his rights to the patent. And I feel bad if he's listening to this. I don't think he'll be listening to the fourth mom. <laughs> well, you, have different, you have different skill sets. He, so yeah, and he had, he had a factory in uh, Pakistan that already made his juggle balls and footbags and I then went in and began a relationship. And this particular designer, this factory, is my primary designer. We subsequently found four other factories because not one single factory can supply us with what we need, which is 
as of last year, 130,000 of these things. So we, we needed a lot of supplies. you're producing, so per year, yeah. you're producing 130,000 130, black flexible. Yeah. That's insane. And, and tell, where are they being sold? They're internationally sold. Now. So they're sold. The biggest lacrosse market is the U.S. So we're in, um, our big break was Dick's um, Sporting Goods. So we're in 540 Dick's stores and about another six or 700 um, retail stores in the U.S. And then we also have a distributor in Canada and the U.K. So... Um, yeah, so it, no, it's going, it's going great. It's incredible. And, um, it's just a sign where, like, you can be very, it, I think the best ideas, and I'm a Shark Tank watcher, as I'm sure a lot of your, <laughs> uh, listeners are, you know, the best ideas start with somebody who's really, really close to a problem that they want to solve. And that's, that's kind of what it, it took, just like, I knew, yes, Molly Gump's career was over <laughs> in the backyard in fourth grade. But I was like, you know what, this is sad that we're losing kids who could, you know, all, they, all they need is to be less afraid of the ball. Lacrosse ball, just for your listeners who don't play lacrosse or don't know it, it's a super hard ball. It's a hard rubber ball. Thrown and hard. It, and it's, yeah. it gets thrown hard. And your daughter was a goalie, um, Lisa. She's so big bruises. Big, big bruises, <laughs> like, it's like goalie, goalies love our ball for training. And ours, our, our idea is really just about training. It's not meant to take the place of a, a, an actual game ball. So, so if you had done Sum It Up lacrosse, you wouldn't have been around enough girls, not just your daughter, but yeah. all the other kids that you would come across who had that experience of being hit by a ball and saying, not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Definitely, it took more than just my own daughter being hit with a ball to know. So the, the first business laid the groundwork. And one of the cool things about my business is all of the I built up. I have a little staff. In addition to all the many, many coaches I've hired over the years, I had an administrative staff of maybe four, five people. They all were all in on the uh, swag slacks idea, and they jumped in. And they now work for both, many of them work for both businesses. And they, so that was another thing that gave me confidence. I was like, I'm not really on my own here starting something new. I've got this skeleton crew that believes in me, believes in the product, are insanely talented and smart, and they can jump in and and help me do this really scary thing. I think everything you've done, obviously, is beyond inspirational. But for those, a big thing that comes up many times, and at least in those, are women or are more fumbles to have this idea, but I don't know how to get it going. Like, how, how do you find the manufacturer? How do you find the production company? Yeah. How do you how do you get Learn the initial design? Property. Right. Yeah. So the only thing I can say that in my own personal case is, um, number one, try to surround yourself, even if they're not paid, like they could be family, people who believe in you. So that you feel like, okay, and my best friend, Carolyn, and, you know, people who, like, um, when you're walking a dog, are like, you got something. Like, this is good. Keep running with it. And then you're like, okay. It's kind of like that girl who I said, you've got a real future for yourself in lacrosse. <laughs> All you have to do is just throw with your right hand, your left hand, and you're good to go. Play D1. Like, I needed that myself. So it's important to surround yourself with people who already love you 
and believe in you and think that you're a capable person, even if you're diving off the deep end into the unknown. And then um, the next thing is is recognize your your deficiencies, which I've been great at my whole life. <laughs> I, I like, I'm like, I am not good at this. I am not good at finance. So hire yourself the smartest, most incredible person who is great at finance, who can do your books, and then go find a patent lawyer if that's something you need. Like, delegate, delegate, delegate. Do not, I, I have friends who have started their own businesses who try to do everything themselves, and while that's admirable, they're not necessarily going to win any prizes for that. You, you have to bring in expertise um, for people that, you know, for the jobs that you really are, are not not an expert in. And one of the things we did was we hired on um, a retainer basis. We paid somebody monthly, um, somebody, actually two people initially, and then eventually one person who was in this world, and we paid them and gave us the ability to ask dumb questions anytime we wanted. In, in the in, in the retail in the in the world of sourcing from um, you know overseas manufacturers and then breaking into the retail space like Dick's or oh, LaCrosse wow. Unlimited, and which is what a Shark Tank will do for right. you. Right? Know, yeah, yeah. Like I had my own shark, but he was the nicest person in the world. <laughs> he, lived, he lived in he lived in North Carolina. He was so nice. His name is Ken, and we called him with every dumb question yeah. you can think about, and we it, it helped us avoid all of our worst mistakes. Oh, that's great. And that and don't be afraid to say like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I need to hire somebody. He didn't cost us a lot of money. It just helped us avoid a lot of pitfalls. And was that a road. connection through a friend also? Yeah, or a friend of a friend. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So like Lisa said, like I think reaching out, and, and like you were just saying as well, but like it's okay to go out and put yourself out there, but you have to be okay with it before you do it. Like you've got to be ready that sometimes people are going to say no, and it's not you. They're not hurting your feet. Like yeah. it's, it's not about you. It's, you have to have a backbone too because sometimes it's hard. Like I know I, people have just said, Flat out no, and you just smile and yeah, just keep going. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been rejected before. Like it's it's okay to you just know not everyone is going to say yes. Not everyone can help, but no one is going to be like you suck. You're an idiot. <laughs> like go home and just keep making brownies, and you're not even a good cook. You know, like it's you don't. That's not ever going to happen. The worst that's going to happen is someone's going to say, I'm so sorry, I'm really busy, and that's not my area of expertise. I can't help you. But then just keep talking about it, ask for help, and somebody, in a, usually in an improbable location, an improbable situation, someone is going to be able to help you. I, I cannot believe it. I just, I, I want to keep talking to you forever and ever and ever, and I can't believe this hour. Yeah, I know. Um, the reason I started Morphone, as I explained before, was I was just, I had no idea where to go. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm going to find those women who have done it, the ups, the downs, who are so kind and gracious and willing to pay it forward. Clearly, Laura Gump is exactly why I started Morph Mom. She is literally the quintessential Morph Mom. And what she has done and what she's achieved and the steps that she's taken, I think, are really an example to all of us. But I think most importantly is her 
is how gracious she is about it. And and I think that's what's so inspiring also. So it makes me feel like I, I, I can do it. Like, I, I, it's okay. We yeah. can get this done. Definitely. And hopefully that's the message that you get when you go to Mosfog and you get when you read our articles and hear our stories because this is exactly what we try to achieve, what Laura is doing tonight. So I am so grateful that you have been so gracious to share this with us and everything you've done. And and tell us how we get to Summit Up Lacrosse, how we get to Slack Lab, okay. how we do everything that you've done. Yeah, okay, that's so nice of you to say, and it makes me feel good about what I've done because it is a lot of times you're on your own and you um, you don't you know you don't know what the heck you're doing. And um, as I said, that's why you want to surround yourself with your besties and your your, you know, your family and people who believe in you. Um, because any crazy idea is, is worth pursuing if you're passionate about it. So for Summit of Lacrosse, if you happen to live in northern New Jersey um, and uh, want to have your child try lacrosse, that's um, summituplacrosse.com. And Slack Slacks, you honestly, I'm proud to say, you could go to, you know, Dick's, any Dick's, Sporting Goods, Lacrosse Unlimited, Models, um, Comlax, Amazon, um, Dunham's, a lot, lot of lacrosse uh, stores, and and um, and then Swatchlacks.com. If you're a coach, there's incredible discounts for um, coaches who want to buy in bulk um, and are just thinking about the idea of starting a town team or a school program. We're a great first stop on your journey. Um, and that's, that's about it. So, again, going back to more fun, like, hopefully, like, like Lisa mentioned before, that's what we can do for women, to make you feel like that's player of the day. Like, you can do this. You're the player of the day. And so what, what Laura gives to these kids is what she actually she gave to us all tonight. She gave oh, us that sense nice. that we can do it. And it may not work the first time. may not work the next time. I it may never. I all my failures. No, but are no, you there's, there's like a second show. Laura has to come back. Y'all know the problem. There's, there's a lot of failures. But you know what? And I know it's a cliche, but the failures make you better. Okay. They really do. I always tell my kids, like, how do you know what it's like to, to stand up if you haven't? Like, oh, my right? God. We failed out of the gate. All of our balls. Just so you know, from that first convention where I sold 2,000 balls, they all exploded. <laughs> because the man in Pakistan who was making our balls only knew about juggling. And when you drop a juggle ball, they don't break. If you shoot a lacrosse ball at 90 miles an hour, it hits the wall or the, the crossbar, they explode. So, yeah, every single one exploded, and we had to decide, Hey, we got to go back to the drawing board. What did he do differently that didn't work? You know, what material did he buy? We can fix this because we know the product works in our own. And I was going to say to you, the day you heard that that ball exploded, what was your first reaction? Well, that was the funniest thing. So we home from the lacrosse convention in January, and right away, you know, we, we were feeling so good about ourselves, and we went to our email boxes, and we started opening, and the first thing we saw, the subject line would be, broken ball, exploded <laughs> ball, and you open it up, and there's like a photo of this ball with all of its little beads all over the gym floor, and I was like, oh, and they were like, something weird happened with our ball, we don't know what, but your product is awesome, we'd like to buy a case of 120, and we're like... Okay, so the good idea, yeah. something's wrong with the product, quality, 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 we yeah. need to figure out, and we need to test for quality, and, and that forced us to get, you know, that became an enormous priority for the company. Everything has to be tested yeah. 
up the wazoo before it gets sold. And our friends in Pakistan who are making this product and have never seen the sport, we need to communicate a little more clearly with them. You know, what is involved in the sport of lacrosse? We sent them links to like, <laughs> lacrosse games and, uh, so that they would learn that this is not a juggle ball. Like, this is a ball that if you drop it, it's okay if it breaks. If it gets shot at 100 miles an hour, it, it's, um, it's a problem. It, all right, tell me there's not one listener out there who's not been inspired tonight and that tonight you're going to go out and you're going to pursue that idea and you're going to make those connections and fail or succeed, you're going to try. And I and think you that's how success. You'll feel great. And that's right. You're yeah. gonna, you'll know in yourself, like you've given yourself that opportunity to give it a shot. Shot, huh? The pun of the little yeah. response. I'm so proud of myself for coming up with that. Anyway, everyone, I can't believe we have to go right now. I'm very sad. I can't thank you enough, Laura, for coming tonight. And Carolyn, I'm not supposed to mention, but we had a great helper here tonight as well. And Lisa Danini, my amazing co-host, again, go to morphum.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com to find out more. This, if you missed any of the interview or you want to listen to it again, which I know you do because there's so many lessons, we have a, a podcast, morphmommoments.com, uh, morphmommoments rather, on iTunes. You can get it all from the website and come, come, come to our event, April 23rd in Morristown, New Jersey, and be inspired, be motivated. And be kind. Join us, and I'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Kelly, Kelly, the baseball game. Knew the players, knew all their names. You could see her there every day. Shout hooray when they play. Her boyfriend by the name of Joe said to Coney Isle, dear, we'll go. Then Nellie started to fret and pout. And to him I heard her shout. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack, I don't care if I never get back, let me root, root, root for the home team, if they don't win it's a shame, cause it's one, two, three strikes you're out at the old ball game. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining.